0: Welcome to Sunday Civics, the home for the civically engaged. I am your host, your civics teacher and neighborhood political strategist, L. Joy Williams, and I am so glad that you made it to class this morning. I am trying to hold it together. I'm trying to hold my seat for two reasons. Number one, for those of you who have been rocking with me from the beginning, this is our 200th class together. 200. I cannot believe (laughs) that I have had something to say (laughs) for 200 uh, episodes. But more importantly, I'm so thankful to the entire team, which we'll talk about at the end, um, for continuing to support this great labor of love, this calling um, to be able to uh, teach all that I know, for me to continue to learn and then run back to class and come here and teach you. So the other reason that I am excited is because 18-year-old L. Joy Williams is like really, really um, excited about the guests that I have in conversation at the front of the class to celebrate Um, because 18-year-old Joy, that's when she first became aware of a professor, um, uh, Dr. Greg Carr. (laughs) <laughs> um, and it was me getting on you know the Greyhound bus and Amtrak going to d c to the Library of Congress and then eventually venturing over um to different colleges in um philly and um d c and also being in the what you know were then like um very uh black centered conversations about education about reparations about movement and just community in general. And that is how I became aware of Dr. Carr. And so joining me at the front of the class, no stranger to being at the front of the class, is Dr. Greg Carr. Hey there.
1: Hey, Joy. This is a real, real pleasure. 200 classes. 200 classes. Congratulations. And congratulations on and you know, black women—the beauty of black women—is unparalleled in the history of the species. So, uh, I don't know how you can be uh, still just about a couple of years older than eighteen and have put in a couple of decades in all the spaces you've put in as an organizer and a consultant <laughs> and helping people beat people behind in campaigns, and then bringing all that momentum to us is a true honor and a blessing to be in your classroom, sis. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. I mean, you know, and I really do this like listening to you and those of you who are in narrative, who are Nubia, you know, know this of those of us sitting in a class. When you sit in that type of uh, learning space, it doesn't matter where you are, whether you have a Ph.D., a master's or no schooling at all, like everybody is at level learning at the same time and then as i say here on the show is important it's important for you not to keep it not for you to bottle it up and keep it for yourself that you're the only person who knows you got to go run tell that (laughs) look you have to go and tell someone else um so that they can be empowered and take that information um and take action as well so i love being in class in communion with you and karen and you know, all of the folks to continue to learn. And, you know, it sucks that I'm traveling at this time because I had envisioned us having this conversation. You are always in front of your like books and I was going to be in front of mine because anytime that you're in the conversation um, and you bring out a book or say a book or something, I'm like, I got that one. I got that one. And so I wanted to like be able to pull
1: this. Hey, look, do show and tell, you-
0: if you will, and be like, I got this one. Yeah, no, that's
1: right. Promise me that we will do this again, because I remember when you told the world that you were in the process of reassembling your library after y'all moved and you got everything together, I was excited as everybody else. So in fact, now that you said that, I'm thinking, yeah, but of course, you out there in the world fighting for us. So just promise me at some point, we're going to get back together so we can do exactly that. <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So it is your first time in front of this classroom. So we're going to begin where I ask every guest for their first time to begin by you telling us the story of your first civic action.
1: Okay. Um, And first of all, let me thank you. I want to add my voice to one of our elders that you interviewed a while back, uh, our, our brother Ron Daniels, who thanked you for reinvigorating the study of civics. Um, I have to thank you for that because I'm old enough to have taken civics at Hillsborough High School in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, back in the day. And we know that that's not the case. But we also know that because of these platforms and, you know, Karen has developed this in-class platform that led to narrative in Nubia. And I think we're in the mid-150s now, which means that 10 years from now, we'll still be following right in the wake of L. Joy Williams Sunday Civics. We're still going to be a few episodes behind. And then in tandem, this is the class; these are the classrooms that are going to educate our people going forward and the world. So with that in mind, I guess three things come to mind. The first two real quick. My first civic action, and I think about all the classes you've conducted in this space on voting. And while, you know, as you say, it's not the only thing, it is a, you know, it's an important tool. My first civic action, I can't claim credit for that, you know, in the South, um, you know, and I know you got some Southern people in your family in the South, you, you accompany your parents to the voting booth. So I remember as a child, just old enough to walk, you know, maybe four or five years old, so a little bit older than baby age, walking into the voting booth with my mother and my father as they went in to vote. And, you know, it was a big deal. And for them, of course, they remember the time when that was a little bit harder than it would, is for us. Uh, the second one comes to mind is wearing a ribbon during the time of the Atlanta child murders. It was my yeah. civics professor at Hillsborough High School, Jeannie Scott, one of the black teachers at Hillsborough, who had us all wearing ribbons. And I remember one of my white classmates asking another white classmate, why are they wearing ribbons? And one of the black young ladies said she cares about her children because that's when they were killing black children in Atlanta. And uh, we wore those ribbons. But the one that comes most immediately to mind to me in terms of college is when we marched because Tennessee State is a historically black school. And we were protesting because they were trying to pump more white students into the university instead of more resources. And we marched on the governor's office and we actually got involved in the middle of a gubernatorial election. And talking to you, a person who has worked on several campaigns, consulting on others, I think about Carl McCall, certainly Stacey Abrams. I I got questions for you. We got to get you in another space. But at any rate, we we took on the governor of Tennessee. And so it's so important, the lessons that you're teaching us here to remind us that it's not enough to live in a society. you got to get involved. And so those those examples are the ones that come to mind for me.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I, I. I've said this over and over again, there are many reasons that I started Sunday Civics. And one of the, the uh, where was birth sort of the idea that was birthed is working in politics, working for electives, working for political institutions. I would always do the meeting before the meeting, particularly when it came to our people, Yes. right? So I would be working for the speaker for the city council or working for the controller, working for an instant. And there would be a meeting coming up. I would have to prep the candidate or prep the elected official for the meeting. This is what they're asking for. This is, you know, the issue surrounding it. This is what the status is. But then I would also do the meeting before the meeting for the people. And I'd be like, okay, when you get in this meeting, (laughs) This is what he has the power to do. This is what he's going to say to you. This is how you're going to do it, right? Like preparing people, right? Both preparing, doing my job, preparing the candidate, preparing the elected official, but then also preparing the community. And those were mini civics lessons, right? Because I would have to say, they were like, we want this and that. And I'm like, okay, well, he can't do that because he's, the mayor or he's you know this or whatever yes. that is you know that's what we need to ask schumer for on a federal level but here's what he can do right here's the ask that you can go from there and so being able to pray and so i found myself doing that so often i was like i gotta be able find a you know a way to sort of communicate this more regularly Yes. And I tell the story on the show all the time about the, you know, I'm sitting in the back of a community meeting and something as small and local as opposite side of the street parking, mm-hmm. where I had the information and knew, oh, well, if you reduce your cleanliness score, you know, you can reduce the amount of times that, you know, it's at you, you have to move your car, right? I'm being the smug kid about it. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, they didn't know that. Right. Like, it's not something that's broadcast and known. And I was like, okay, it was those kind of um, exercises that was like, how can I sort of be able to share that information in a better way? Um, And, you know, I think when people talk about civics, they talk about it being in schools for young people. But what about grown folks (laughs) who don't know how? No question. And then that's what led me to research how have we done it in our community. And that's when I found Satima Clark and the citizenship schools and sort of all that kind of people. Yes, yes. Right? And so it was like, yes, there is a way to teach and engage this. There's a way to do this that's practical. That engages people, and that civics is not you going to pick up trash in your neighborhood at the park or whatever, because people are resulting civics into like volunteerism solely. That's right. Rather than what it is, which is exercising your power and participating in your own governance. That's right. So I I wanted to ask you your take on that. um, And particularly, I think it's by design to structure civics as a, like you being a good citizen, good volunteer, and not you being able to exercise your power.
1: Yes. I think, you know, just the example that you, that you remind us, that you remind us of consistently, that you've just given, you know, that's really where, as we know, the heart of the work lies. It isn't in the schools, K-12, university, any, any formal structural schooling situation because we know schools exist to socialize it's not just about content it's about behavior and we know that curriculum wars are are, are what they are not only in the united states but around the world because you have folk who have a vested interest in having people behave in a certain way for their benefit so when the way you approach civics it seems to me gets at the heart of the enterprise of the civitas as they might say in 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 latin or the polity or the polis in greek and i'm using those examples very specifically for a reason I'll, i'll say in a moment because both those concepts come to the question of community and how you structure community so for the romans they had a hierarchy if you weren't roman they considered you heathen if you were greek they had a hierarchy. If you weren't Greek, they considered you non-Greek or not elas or a heathen. And even within those societies, they had hierarchy who had money, who didn't, who was a male, who wasn't, who was enslaved, who wasn't. And so those hierarchies speak to the heart of what we call politics, political science, or even civics. Well, that's the problem because at the heart of human society is how we live together as community. And the way you approach civics, Joy really dismantles the way we are socialized in formal education to think about civics. No, civics is really about power. And of course, power lies with the people. You know, elected officials are employees. We can turn them out anytime we want. And as you remind us all the time, we while we're out there organizing to vote, we should be organizing the community for power. And the example you give is a great example of that because it's one thing for a, a, a kid like me at 16, 17 years old to be in school and learn something about maybe, you know, alternative side of the street parking, which wasn't a thing in Nashville, but it's huge in Philly and DC and New York, places like that. It's quite another for someone to learn something either on Sirius or through the Apple podcast, which is where I listen to you a lot. And they realize what? wait, there's a score, there's an index, wait, we can do, you probably save somebody's life, quite frankly, Eljoy, <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, think about the regular folk, the people in the community who can use that practical uh, information to wield their power, and a powerless people are often powerless because nobody gave them information, what you're doing for us, this is the kind of classroom that really moves societies, it's not the K-12 classrooms, it's not the college classrooms, although they're important, It's the classroom of the community. And that's what you're reaching with this platform.
0: Yeah. And I I do like that you talk about all the time on Nubia about disrupting the school model right now. Um, And I long ago, um, I remember, like, I, I went to Hofstra, right? So I was one of the first classes where when they started their Africana Studies program. And, um, you know, so it was all new, (laughs) you know, like in terms of, but there were professors there. I don't know if you know, Professor Maria, you know, sort of others who were, you know, in the space of like creating, um, you know, this is what you need to study. This is what, and I remember discovering, wait, there are people that gained knowledge that became masters in their craft, whether it was a craft with their hands or technical or even intellectual that, weren't, uh, didn't have the ceremony of crossing a stage or receiving a hood. Like they, they gained that knowledge through continuous study. And for me, that was empowering because I didn't have the money. And so like, while (laughs) Hastra can tell you, oh yeah, she attended and, um, like completed all of the credits to graduate, but she owes us $85,000, so (laughs) she won't be getting that a certificate on the wall, (laughs) like, but you, what you can't take away, right? Is what I learned, my, you know, engagement, what I contributed to the, you know, the student body and sort of all of that kind of stuff. And so learning that, you know, about those places um, where study was life study, where there was no finish, there was no degree, that it was a continued, you know, practice and, you know, Mm -hmm. that that's what you do. I think that itself is empowering, particularly to um, communities who where we've gatekeeped education, yes. right? And said, unless you have money, you can't access it. Well, that's different, a different empowering tool to a young person who's like, well, I'll never get there because me or my family don't have money. But to say to them, the, you know, giving and empowering you with the tool to read, the tool to reason the tool to understand, forget the paper, forget somebody deeming you as completed, right? You can now become a lifelong student, whether that's in a trade, in a craft, or through your mind, right? And that itself is empowering, particularly when we've put so many things behind a paid firewall.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, we're human, so we're going to be learning. We were learning from the moment we were conceived, in one way or the other. And we come out of our mother's wombs, and from that moment, we're out in the world learning. And, and until we take our last breath and go into whatever comes next, we are learning in this form and in this place. And when the, the way you describe your experience at Hostra, you know, for me at Tennessee State, you know, roughly speaking, almost a generation before, you know, it was a lot more affordable, but it was no less daunting. For a person like me, who was the first in my family to go to college, and that's no great accomplishment. It's just a recognition of the structural inequalities of this society, as we know. Um, For me to be navigate that space and really not have anybody I could turn to for advice on, you know, how to move through the space and, you know, we're working and doing this kind of thing. You know, it becomes a real challenge. And we fast forward to 2022 and, you know, or whenever in the 21st century. And we see now young people are faced with this staggering. Uh, st- uh, staggering choices. I mean, do you go to school and go into deep debt where you pay for the rest of your life, or do you uh, do you postpone your dreams to go do something else? Well, at the end of the day, this model is unsustainable. That's really where I'm going with it. And by disrupting it, by really understanding that human beings are constantly learning, what we are doing is bypassing all that unnecessary hierarchy. Even as we work like hell, and one of the beautiful things I love about Sunday Civics is. That you're constantly telling people, sharing with people, communing with people who have these skills and experiences to, to illustrate for folk and to demonstrate and the model how we get power across the range. So while we fight to get affordability in college, uh, passed this legislation and we get more money for student uh, loans or, or grants, at the same time, we're doing this. If you have if you're alive and can breathe, you're learning. And so for, you know, one thing that's never going to be displaced is radio or in This Generation podcast. It's coming in the ear. So all people have to do is sit and listen and then think. This, I think, is the most effective form of communication, mass communication we have. And I think Sunday Civics models for us practical steps on how we empower ourselves. And to me, that's the most invaluable form of learning. It really is, because it just just flattens all those artificial hierarchies and distinctions.
0: And it makes... Uh, you know, in th- th- saying, um, you know, not that you want anyone and everyone to have a platform, because some people got podcasts <laughs> where you like, sir,
1: Thanks. ma'am,
0: <laughs> and theys. Um, no <laughs> yes. yes, sir, ma'am, sir, my, ma'am, and these, like, no. Right. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> you, but. Oh, but you true. know, but that's the thing of community, right? You again yes. can't gatekeep in control. It was just like I would rather you not have a microphone. <laughs> However, they sell them, so like nothing I can do right. about it.
1: <laughs> so. That's true. That's true. I must so, say though, I mean, I think authenticity plays a role.
0: Because
1: yeah. I will not say that I am a person who does not do the occasional pass by drink chance or some of these other platforms. <laughs> but I think one of the beautiful things too is the question of authenticity. Mm-hmm. I mean, for organizers, for somebody like you who You know, you can't walk the streets of Brooklyn without getting stopped every five steps, as Ras Baraka's daddy and mama told him. It's one thing for them to stop us and say, you know, stop Amiri and Amina Baraka in Newark and say, we're glad what you're doing. It's quite another thing for you because they come in and you ask for a job. So, (laughs) (laughs) but but the reason, but the reason people can stop you and the reason people connect with you is not only the authenticity, it's the fact that you have worked for them. And I think that that is the distinction between everybody have a microphone, sure. But when some people speak, people listen differently. And I think in this whole noise of all of this stuff that's out here now, I think it's the people who have worked for the people and who have that kind of momentum that emerge at all that noise. And this is one of those spaces. And it's precisely because you, you, you know, you're not in the ivory tower away from everybody. You're not in the halls of government away from everybody. You can walk all those halls and walk down the street too. And I think that's what brings together the audiences, all those other people. And those other audiences of our, we've got a lot of friends like this. We both know who are academics who claim they're working for the people, but you never see those Negroes in the
0: street. Listen, <laughs> I, you know, I tell people I have a different accountability model. No question. Because, you know, me being president of an NAACP branch, like that's like, that's a different level. You know, like even within the, even within NAACP, there are people that abuse and use and things like that. I always don't understand it because I'm like, listen, my older folks, they will come get like gather me. I remember I had like a health challenge or something. I came to a meeting, they were like, Why why are you out here?
1: Wow. <laughs> like
0: why like why Please. like mm-mm. No, who, you know, and the same thing, if you're doing too much, I have, and these are, like we say, regular black folks, right? So like if there was an instance, you know, it's happening in Brooklyn, there's, you know, political power struggles happening. And, you know, some younger um, white folks thought they was coming this way (laughs) to challenge something or whatever. My regular black folks, and then I had the brothers, like the black vets for social justice was like, oh, do we need to come to the meeting?
1: Word. Like, Word. So it's like <laughs> You better fit you better that accent. With no question.
0: <laughs> And we're like, do we need to come to the meeting? And I was like, okay, don't turn up. Like they don't know, they kids. And they were like, oh, but they need to know, right? <laughs> so, right. right. But there's a different level of accountability. So I can't go too far. I can't say something different from what is actual engagement. And being a church kid, right, I liken this to, um, you know, there's different types of churches. There are churches where the church has hired you, which mm-hmm. is a different level of accountability versus when you founded the church and the accountability, mm-hmm. right? Because if you founded the church, the church is surrounded by you and your ego and your, you know, you as founder, right? And so everything, you know, so you can get away with a little bit more than you could if you were actually hired by the people. Because mm-hmm. the church exists, the people exist, whether you are the preacher or not, whether you are the pastor or not. That's, right. that's different than I'm going I'm to leave this accountability structure and go start my own because I don't want to be accountable here. Same thing happens in the social justice space, mm-hmm. right? If you create an entity, you create an organization and build it around the cult of your personality, sometimes that's good. But if you don't have that accountability structure, that if I decide to get high and mighty, you know, uh, I got some some regular black people back in Brooklyn, they'd be like, oh, yeah, we having a meeting at three. You should show up.
1: You, you should show
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> like, we having a meeting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you are the agenda. I look, I look of all the branches, and, and, and you know better than I do, in terms of the long history of the LACP, you know, if it weren't, if the tensions between the national office and the locals. And I think about Roy Wilkins, who wasn't really speaking to Mega Evers, and then Evers gets assassinated. And like, nah, because uh-uh. I mean, I, you know, some of the long time in, uh, CP-ers, as they used to call them in the South, you know, that's the attention. And then when you layer on that, that on top of the fact that you are representing Brooklyn, and as these young folks who are coming in now, consider themselves residents of Brooklyn, there's a reason why those of us around the country follow behind you when you say the People's Republic of Brooklyn. This is a very different concept you're dealing with. But and then, but you are president of, I don't even think it's an argument. It's not an argument to be made. That is the Pan-African branch of the NAACP. In other words, you know, people in Brooklyn come from all over the African world, and, and, yep. and, they, and they bring all the swag and the smoke from every corner of the African world. So if they come for you, you're going to be gathered. That's just the bottom right. line. So-
0: <laughs> in, in, in both the physical and the spiritual, <laughs> and whatever religion, whatever your God is, <laughs> there is one there are some people in brooklyn yes, um, who can speak to that god
1: um why are walking the old school big baptist churches to santeria and vodou and any kind of efa house you
0: You're want. About, like what whatever you whatever you desire
1: <laughs> whatever you um, it <laughs> in, um it
0: exists and um it it exists in brooklyn and we're we're celebrating um this year's centennial um for brooklyn and wacp wow. and like one of my greatest things to do is, you know, all of the NAACP archives are at the Library of Congress. Mm -hmm. And so I always, you know, do this teaching for my branch uh, in February because I have a big pet peeve about February that everybody always bring out. I was like, you know, "Poor, poor Shirley Chisholm. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, um, Malcolm X and them, they can't get no rest because they February.
1: <laughs> I heard that episode, it was brilliant, LJ. It was brilliant as you well, dealt and- with the local history. It was brilliant, so yeah, I you said, like, please get these people the rest.
0: <laughs> you got ancestors too. Why don't you call lady like borrow from the Mexican and from the like the oh, Latin man. and like to call your people?
1: Seriously, <laughs> Seriously. You, <laughs> mean, you know what. You should put that on a T-shirt because that should be the Black History Month. (laughs) Call your people. No, because you made that point in in that class and it was brilliant. Our history begins with our family and local history. I love what y'all do, for example, at Weeksville. We saw you at the Weeksville. I mean, you know, that our history starts in the mirror. I love what you said. You you make it. That should be it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Get get your people. But like
0: being able to, in February, you know, I I say, let's do um, black Brooklyn history. Right. Tell the story. Because there are people, you know, yes, there are lots of people in Brooklyn that said, you know, I come originally from the South. I come originally for the Caribbean. But there are some black people. It's just like, I come from here. No question. Right. Because that is where they're connected. There is no go back to because. Yes, I can go back generations, but my generations go back here, like Definitely. in Brooklyn, in terms of where it's fit. And being able to, you know, I have, we just uh, recorded some of the um, video where we're talking about the Black Brooklyn history um, as it pertains to the branch. And there's the letter from the, you know, at the time, the white secretary at NAACP. You know, it was like the colored people of Brooklyn wished to organize a branch that was like night. You know, right? (laughs) And and particularly where the members of Brooklyn NAACP sat, that it was um, them raising money for Scottsboro campaigns. Right. it was them raising money to send back down south for you know you know we think of the battleground happening in the south where people were coming up not just to harlem but to brooklyn because that's where you had you know dentists and doctors and teachers and profe- right all in brooklyn that was like okay we're going to get our little dollars together that's right but at the same time challenging institutions in the city of new york
1: Right,
0: (laughs) you know, and so to read letters back and forth between the president of the Brooklyn NAACP and um, and insurance companies at the time, like, why you got separate windows for black people? Mm. (laughs) You know, Mm. like, um, I mean, for fighting things like that in terms of education, you know, I did a campaign when in New York we did this campaign a couple of years ago calling for an independent prosecutor for police cases. I go back in the history. When um, uh, uh, there's a big gubernatorial campaign leading into a presidential campaign, NAACP had an entire year, Brooklyn had an entire year and a half campaign about creating an inspect you know an independent prosecutor role for that. So it was like anything I can dream up of. Wow. Here's Brooklyn NAACP that was already you know asking for that and getting in trouble. There's a letter from National.
1: Uh, to of course.
0: <laughs> Brooklyn and NAACP, we are not a criminal justice organization.
1: See, See? <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. You can't do that in Brooklyn. I mean, like you said, I think for a time between Harlem and Brooklyn, Du, du Bois lived in Brooklyn, didn't he? Have, yeah. I mean, you you can't tell Brooklyn NAACP they not give. some I mean, somewhere that's a bellwether for the country. <laughs> I mean, no, but. That's what we expect. Yes,
0: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Wow. But I, I do have this question for you just to get back to civics really quickly and this we connection of it. it. This, is the,
1: this is the beautiful thing. But go ahead, please. I'm sorry.
0: Um. So I wanted to ask you about civics in the governance structure. Mm. Because a lot of our civic actions, our engagement piece is about fighting forces outside. Yes. Right? is about fighting what is, ha- what is being done to us on behalf of us, without our consent, what we are trying to amass power, doing all of that, right? Mm-hmm. I am uh, have been over the summer writing my new um, speech, my new workshop piece or whatever. Um, and the title is um, all my elected officials are black, but I still ain't free.
1: Ooh, ooh.
0: So one, I'm going to get a lot of calls once this is delivered, but (laughs) two, (laughs) but two, what, you know, being able to empower people who are like, okay, it's what happens when the person we are fighting, when the structure, when the institution we are fighting comes from us. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. what is civic participation in that space? Right, because there's one thing that they are occupying an institution. This is something you say all the time about, right? Barack Obama was occupying an institution of presidency. Yes. Eric Adams is occupying the institution of New York City mayor. Yes. Right? But then there is still supposed to be, you still have an umbilical cord connected. Yes. And communities should be able to pull that and be like, hey! hey.
1: True, true, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Let,
0: let, let's pull. You. So, what is and uh, um, how do you operate, or your opinion on Hoppy? I have my own mm-hmm. opinion, but how do you operate in that space? Because people teeter on the thing. I don't want to embarrass.
1: uh
0: yeah. But I also need, <laughs> like, yeah. we 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 still need to eat. We still need housing. We no, still I- need. You know, th- there's still the issues that that need to be moved forward.
1: No question. No, I, I think there um, remember something that Linda Sarsour said one time and she was like, you know, you know, we miss we misconstrue what politicians are. Sometimes we need our best opponents in office. It isn't that we have a choice between somebody who really represents what we want and is going to fight hard for that and somebody who doesn't, sometimes the, the difference is close to indistinguishable, but there is a difference in an election. And, and we live in a society with, that is driven, at least politically, in terms of elected office, by elections. And so sometimes you had to vote for and try to put in power your best opponent, the person you can use the the most effectively. And I think about that, you know, I lived in Philly, as you say, you back and forth up and down the East Coast between DC, Philly, New York. I lived in Philly for 17 years. And I remember one time Uh, the city of Philadelphia was trying to put a baseball stadium in Chinatown. They're going to build a brand new stadium for the Philadelphia Phillies. And they wanted it downtown because that's the thing these days. Right. And of course, old school Knights. i remember going around where Ebbets field used to be right and thinking about how uh the dodgers almost had the first dome stadium in the history of sports but when the city wouldn't come together and do it with the state that's when uh mr O'Malley moved the dodgers out to the west coast and told horace Storm with the new york giants come on with us and that's how i ended up in san francisco and brooklyn but in philly that stadium didn't get built. And I remember that summer because we were doing our Philadelphia Freedom Schools. We had about 200 high school students from around the city, mostly of African descent, either Philip, like you say, native Philadelphians, uh, African, Afro Caribbean, mostly Dominican, Puerto Ricans kids, but also Asian students, Laotians, Chinese. Um, and in the conversation, the Chinese students were really coming out of their community saying, We don't want this baseball stadium. And everybody, Went came behind them and came together and said, okay, no baseball stadium in Chinatown. That was our social justice behavior for, uh, action for the, uh, for the summer. But this is where I'm going with it. At, at one point, we met with some leaders in Chinatown, the elders of Chinatown. And, you know, as in t- talking to them, I'm sitting there with these elders and one of the elders said to me, you know, do you see any Chinese people on Philadelphia City Council? I said, no, sir. He said, do you know why that's not our top priority? I said, no, why? He said, why would you necessarily have to have somebody on the council that looks like you when you can own the politicians who are on the council? And in that moment, the bell went off in my head. I think black people have been caught up in the politics of representation because we work so hard to have somebody who looks like us sitting in power. But but demographics and, and representation in terms of just somebody looks like you is is really missing the point now, because, as you know better than I do, having worked at every valence of government, Inside and out. You know, of course, that government is about distributing resources, getting resources and distributing resources. Again, power. And when these tax bases began to evaporate with white flight, and then deindustrialization just knocks the bottom out of the job market for people. And the past 50 years, we've been struggling, many of us to hold on by our fingernails. Elected officials are increasingly trapped between finance capital and certainly New York, the white heart market of the of the United States, and one of the whitest markets, white hot markets of the world developers and everybody else is pushing. Well, the only way you can push back on that is to have people organized in enough at, at a critical mass to put elected officials in who were going, going back to, 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 to Linda can make your most effect, effective opponent to fight back against these forces because the forces are mostly, you know, as you're talking about money at this point. So it all comes down to this. While we are trying to get better candidates and recruit candidates and put people in to represent our interests, we never stop. And you make this point In class after class after class, we never stop organizing because that's the one thing that can halt gentrification or stop it, even reverse it. If you get enough people organized and enough people working out there, you can fight back. And so finally, I'll just say this. For that cord you mentioned, that umbilical cord, whether it be David Dinkins or Eric Adams in New York, whether it be Wilson Good in Philadelphia, whether it be, uh, you name it, whether it be Kenneth Gibson in Newark, for example, in 67, the first black mayor elected in a major East Coast city. Well, well, yes, you're one of ours, but because you are one of ours, if you claim to be one of ours, you must now represent us. And if you don't, we're going to take it personal. A little bit more personal than it was, uh, Laguardia or or John Lindsay. A little bit more personal than if it was Ed Rendell. No, a little bit more personal. And the best representatives, like a Marion Barry, for example, in D.C., who, regardless of his personal challenges, will be forever in this city, the mayor for life. The best people say, "I'm here because you put me here, and because you put me here, I will never do anything that is not in your best interest. And if I'm forced to make a double choice," I'm going to tell you all about it before I go in that room. And that's, I, I think, Eljoy, that's thats what we see. You know, well, I should say one other thing. The problem, another problem we have is black people, just because we have money. Let's say Eljoy Williams and Greg Carr get put on by the government. That when, when Marion Barry comes in and tells people that 20% of this, this bond work here in the city got to be done by black uh, underwriters. And then you and me get paid because we're underwriters and then we get our money and move into PG County. Or when they build Atlanta airport, Maynard Jackson says 30% of these people build this airport got to be black and creates all these black millionaires who then move out of Atlanta Fulton County. Well, then that's a betrayal too. We mistake black success with individual blacks getting rich. That's a betrayal too. And I think that's what our generation and my generation, your generation, we have to begin now to stop equating how we look with power. And that's going to be a hard, it's going to be hard work, but without that work. We'll create a bunch of black millionaires, and most of our people be poor.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's also about that a lot of things. So one (laughs) about that personal, um, you know, I as I mentioned, I come from a family who believes in that. Like you, you, like you don't just preach this; you gotta live this. That's right, right. And so when we bought our house, like one of the things, my husband's from Jersey. Boo! (laughs) Tomatoes, tomatoes. Um (laughs) and um. He would say all the time, like, I, you know, he's a public school teacher. So every now and then I come up with new schemes. And he's like, you do remember you married a public school teacher and not <laughs> <laughs> like, not, a bill, not a Wall Street not thing or whatever. School, I was like, yeah. no, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. We can make it happen. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> so when we were buying the house, he was like, all that you want in a house, I can get you if we go to Jersey. Wow. You know, and going, whatever. And I was like, I do not want to go to Jersey. First, tomatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> two. <laughs> I was like, two. And he was like, okay, well, let you know, looking at different places and, you know, um, in New York, he was like, well, can we go outside the city? I was like, no, boo, tomatoes, tomatoes. And then <laughs> I was like, I'm going to stay in Brooklyn. I got and I was like, I need to stay with black people. No question. And he was like, you and the black. So he teases me about it all the time, you know, because my husband is black and Puerto Rican. So he teases me about it all the time. You got to be with, you know, you got to be with the black people. And here we are. And it's two o'clock in the morning and they still outside. With, like, with the your I was like, right. That's
1: the people, people
0: you wanted to live with. <laughs> <laughs> and it's two in the morning.
1: He got a lot of nerds. Coming right. from Puerto Rico, making and, noise about people making and, noise.
0: Come on. And we got this foster baby here that can't go to sleep because you want to live with your people. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, 50 years from now, when she's bringing her grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, she is going to be bragging about the fact she a Brooklyn girl. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But like those kind of conscious decisions, right, take dedication, take commitment, which is all of the pieces that even me talking to elders, whether they are, um, are from the South or from the North, or even from different islands or the continent, they talk about that different level of commitment of dedication, Mm -hmm. right. Of that. You have to embody, you know, who you say you are, who you present to both family, who you present to your community, and also what you present to the, to the world. And, you know, that of let's move together Right, like let's, you know, we bought in East New York. People are like, oof, you in, like you in, you in East New York, where they shooting every day. Come I'm on. like, yeah, but they don't shoot. Like literally, we sometimes leave our car door open. Oh, nobody do it to us because I speak to everybody on my blood. Everybody like that? Like, like that. like now, that's it? not to say something you know couldn't happen, but at cool. least like the engagement. I was like, you know, when I lived in Bed when the brothers was on the corner doing everything, I leave to go to Georgia at like two in the morning or something like that. they were like, yo, shorty, why are you leaving like three o'clock in the morning like that.
1: We they got it. Like, let's,
0: let's ta- next time let us know. No we'll call, like we'll get the cab for you like you know what I mean So like no because even in your in, in your space, and we have to remember um, because we've been taught that making it is getting out. And not that we can pool our resources together, That's right? right? Um, I find myself often doing that, just even mm. in the civic and political space. People talk about schools, like they want to get their kid out of, you know, the local school because the school down in Park Slope or this or whatever. I was like, that school down in Park Slope is a regular public school. You know why they got all that extra money to do stuff? Because they just fundraise for it. That's right. Like, and, like, and right. The, the school district didn't want to pay for a violinist. Fine. We'll hire, our like, we'll raise money and hire our own. No right. Question. Like we can do the same things and not only bring up our children. Right. For the personal, but then also the larger community benefits. Right? right. And being able to find people, you know, that are, that are able to do that. But then also, as you mentioned, for those who are elected, reminding them right? Like you are a tool in my civic toolbox.
1: That, that's right. That's right.
0: Right, Like you are not, you're not a rock star. No. You're not a celebrity. No. You're a tool. And, I mean, and even people that we put up in that way, Stacey believes the same thing. Tish believes the same thing. The ones that we put up and say like the, you know, rock star and people, whatever. Like if you talk to Tish, Tish be like, I occupy this space to do this work at this time. You might change or something do different, but I am a tool to be. Tell me mm. what I ought to be doing. Show me, like, what it. How can and that happens a lot because sometimes we send people based upon ego, based upon them being the right package, but they're not prepared to be in the space. I can't tell you the plenty of times where I've had mm. to tell council members, like, well, I don't think we can do that. Yes, you can. What do you mean you can't do that? <laughs>
1: Well who that, that's nothing told,
0: another who thing. told you, you couldn't do that
1: that's right. that's, <laughs> right. that's another thing I, I appreciate and I think we all do a, a, about your work uh here in as a microcosm of your work in general is that you bring people into this space so people can see what that looks like. And that is incredibly important because there are connections that I wouldn't make except that you bring a range of voices to the microphone. I mean in the question of education, for example, You know, as you're talking, it makes me reflect on the fact that, you know, I am in some ways a grandchild of Brooklyn, but through the East. I mean, the cultural space, you talk about people raising money and putting their pool, pooling their resources, even the connection to like a Georgia and South Carolina and Brooklyn buying farmland, bringing it back, starting supermarkets and shops right there in Brooklyn to resource self-determination. And we know, of course, the central, one of the central figures in the East, that cultural center, that school or Toto Shule, that work in the 70s and 80s. At the center of that was Les Campbell. Well, he was called Les Les Campbell when he was working for Ocean Hill Brownsville School District when they took over, you know, community control of the schools, Black and Puerto Ricans together, families for everybody. He changed his name to Jitu Weusi, of course, as you know, as as folks in Brooklyn know, about Jitu. And I knew him well. I mean, that influenced not just Brooklyn, not just New York. That influenced the country and touched beyond the United States. But it was people who were organizing for themselves. And as you talk about you know, the folks that you not only work with, work alongside, empower, and then bring into this space, what does it look like to be a community servant? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, talk about a civic toolbox. You know, the vote is in there, and the politicians we elect are in there, and what is in there as well as the profile. What does it look like to prepare your community to take power, to maintain power, and to use politics as the effective wielding of power to get resources? So I mean, I, I mean again, I thank you again because people need to see what that looks like. You know, Kevin Parker is a state senator now. I remember when he was just out of school; we was all in school together, and him and them mm-hmm. boys out in State. Uh, Laurie know that story better than because she yeah. was out there raising the sand with him. I mean, Kevin Parker ain't nobody to be intimidated by or scared of. It's a Brooklyn dude. You know what
0: Listen, I'm every now and you know, Kevin and I are friends. Like, yes. you know, and so every now and then people be like, "Oh, do you think you can get like Senator Parker?" I'm like. Who, Kevin? <laughs> like, exactly. You know, me and my girl, like sometimes I have to remind myself that not everybody has that same, you know, kind of thing or whatever. Like, do you think you can help us? And I'm like, you know, and, and Kevin will be the first to tell you, because he's an example. He took a vote on something on the state level, him being in the state legislature, that I was hot about. And of course, you know, I've informed my um membership and so on thing, whatever. But it was the entire caucus. And it was the, it, it, except for, um, I don't know if you remember um, Senator Velmanette Montgomery. La- yeah. Oh my God. I love Velmanette. Oh, wow. She has to be on the show um, as well. And um, because she read it and she, like, I remember her fleshly, she was like, I don't think my colleagues read this because it was the budget, to, you know, it's the budget bill. Nobody reads it. It's just like everything, whatever. So they voted on something. And I was like, we send you there to read. Like I, Like, I don't, I don't understand, but he's a member. Of mine, yeah. you know, of Brooklyn Industries. So I invited all of them to come to the next meeting. I was like, "Explain." Ooh. Ooh. Ooh.
1: So Barely he was way.
0: the only he was the only one to come.
1: He did, and come, of course,
0: man. I lit him up.
1: No question. <laughs> he was <No> right,
0: <laughs> but of course, like to be able to come, like that's all, that accountability is part. But you have to be in community to be yes. held accountable, right? Like, like to be able to come and be like, "Our bad." It was last day of session. I don't know if it, like, not that it's no excuse, but like, here's, you know, the thing, like, remember people learning that and it's just like, oh, wait, I can actually challenge people <laughs> like in terms of the votes they took or didn't take, like those kinds of things. Well, some people may think are embarrassing or um, things like that. They're actually empowering when yeah. people know it. It's like, okay, but he came and he stood before us and yes. took, you know, took accountability for it, yes.
1: and, and right? If you're, and if you're and then talked
0: about, here's the next steps what we can do to yes. like address it.
1: Yes, well, all I was going to say is as he's doing that, if you're a young person in that, in that space, and I know you do a lot of work intergenerationally, you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, especially as he's talking and then you'll illustrate as you teach, you know, sometimes it's not the person taking the vote, it's their staff that failed them. They carry. And somebody says, oh, there's a job called Stanford. Yeah, let me hook you up with an internship But let me put you in. Exactly. And the next thing you know, it may take five, 10 years from now that doesn't happen again because this child said in the NAA meeting, and was like, oh, I want to be a Stanford. That will never happen to my member. I mean, <laughs> but that is right. the genius of community. I mean, and it only happens when we have people like you who will say, I am not only unafraid to bring these people in, I have relationships with them and I have relationships with community. Those are the to me, that's really, of course, that's how you build power. Power is yeah. built over a long frame. It's not a, just an instant thing.
0: And I, listen, I can see the immediate effects with that. With um, you know my my youngest one, hmm. who um, learned Robert's rules, um, <laughs> at, and she would call people out in the meeting and tell them they were out of order. Um, <laughs> and you know now she's it. now she's seven, and I think I told this story. I don't know if you heard the story before, but you know hmm. during the. Um, pandemic you know with all the zoom meetings and whatever we're still advocating be yeah. it on zoom yes i'm on a zoom with chuck schumer <laughs> you know and other naacp leaders about the john lewis um federal bill yes she comes in asking for something and i'm like <laughs> i'm on the thing with you know senator schumer sees her you know you know addresses her and is just like hi you know what's your name He's like i'm your senator and she's like no you're not She's like, Uncle Kevin is my senator. <laughs> I'm like, so first of all, we don't live in Kevin's district, I keep telling you. She's like, I was like, you can't just pick and choose. I was like, anyway, he's on the state level. Chuck Schumer is your federal senator. Yeah. And he she was like, Well, what does that mean? And he was what like, Well, I represent you in the Senate. And she was like, How you represent me? You don't know what I like.
1: Uh, you know what? No, seriously. See that's how the kindy children were raised. I mean, this is how, in other words, the world is mine. You need to tell me what you're doing for me. See, that's oh, I, I love it. I love it.
0: See, Right. This. So like that and, and then, you know, a, a lot of people will think of, you know, she's not outwardly disrespectful, but people think like how she challenges authority. People think like, oh, you know, you know, like trying to, and I was like, she recognizes that you're in a you know, older, that you're in a thought of position, she's not being, but she doesn't believe that it, she's automatically beneath you.
1: No. Well, look where she lives. Look who she lives with. She, <laughs> right? She so she, you.
0: <laughs> right, so she's just like, how you know? And so he asked her, he was like, what do you care about? She was like, um, LOL dolls, um, <laughs> you know, so she had, she had the, you know, her personal thing, but she also said, and can we have more fruit at, at school? Come like, on, and like, you know, like all Come those on, kinds now. of things, right? So like being able to model that behavior mm-hmm. and bring young people in is one of the greatest things I love about even NAACP, right? Like that we bring young people, like young people be able to lead their own spaces. It's one of the only, you know, social justice organizations that require by our constitution, young people sit at the table equally. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. like not sort of underneath um, okay. us in that in, in that space um, that allows for that. And so, being able to model or to be able for your children to learn lessons that you did not learn um, mm. in terms of that civic space—to be able to engage in political discourse, to engage in civics—not just to go volunteer and read to the poor or pick up trash like on right. the side of the highway, but right. no, here is how you will power, mm. right? Mm. Um, and you know i tell people all the time the people who are most powerful speak to who represent them all the time
1: oh no question no question and those people listen because they know when you listen to these this person you're listening to who has been they they have they represent people who chose them to say when you hear her you're hearing us and and you and you we see that i mean you know, whatever Joe Biden is, it isn't, you know, like I said, like you were saying, in terms of black elected officials, sometimes we get caught up in personalities, how people look. You know, there's a reason why he says we're going to pardon all these folks who are in federal uh, custody mm-hmm. or or have had been in federal custody for, for marijuana, simple possession. And we want the governors to do the same. You know, you get pushed to that. I mean, you know, the, the in fact, the last time I think that we saw each other, you were getting on a plane in Columbia, South Carolina. I was coming out of something. Y'all have been down there working hard for a candidate who ended up being vice president. Of course, Kamala Harris. I'm saying that's the battle, though. You're in the trenches. So Biden just does do that because he wakes up one morning and says, you know, I think it's a good idea. I'm going to do something for the blacks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> You're banging on this cat. You put your best opponent in through elective office and then you bang on them that's what you do i mean so yeah it's very powerful to hear you talk about that and the nlacp of course is one of the it's so funny how people come into a movement and that's another reason why this is such an important classroom because you're educating people about the history too was all nlacp is tired it's dead it's a legacy organization no understand the youth division of nlacp that was a hard battle and and when that was ensconced in that. You know, Black Lives Matter. You can talk about every iteration since. But understand, Rosa Parks was the secretary of the youth division of the in Montgomery NAACP, in even at 42 years old. It was young people. I mean, there's a reason why they asked uh, what became SNCC. They said, they asked those young people, will you become the youth division? Will you join the youth division? No, we're going to stay separate, but we got respect for y'all. Why? Because the youth drove that. I mean,
0: and they came and some of them came out of that, right? Like sure lear- learning, uh, you know, about some of the people that they hold up, right? Came Fred out Hampton. of, for, I was going to say, Fred Hampton and others. I had to remind a younger cousin of mine, he was like, you know, I'm not down with the NAACP stuff. I'm more like Fred Hampton. And I was like, so who trained Fred Hampton?
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, you didn't. Wait, wait, wait. Say and that. I was
0: like, and look, I am no stranger. Like before, I'm loved now in the association. I was not <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> right.
1: like, well, that's how it you was, credibility, in, right?
0: Because it was always what that gal, gal, g a l, in Brooklyn.
1: <laughs> what that gal in Brooklyn to a. But that's how you get respect, though. Like you said, you you know, there are people who pick up a phone call and a politician answers. It's because of power. It isn't just oh, I like them and they don't like me. No, know, if I if I ignore this call, then everybody's going to be coming next. And I don't want that on my back. That's just. yeah. That's
0: well, that's how we got, you know, we weren't able to get John Lewis voting rights on the federal level done. But I tell you what we did get done. The John R. Lewis Voting Rights Act of New York.
1: No question. No question. People which, say wasn't
0: people, which wasn't people's priority. I mean, I can tell you now the staffer of leadership, like the, it's the last three weeks of session. And they were like, this is not on our agenda to get past. And I was like, well, why not? I was like, never mind. Mm-hmm. Don't answer that. Never I'll mind. just never make mind. it a part of your agenda.
1: No question. No question.
0: And I was like, okay, branches, here's y'all script. <laughs> here's y'all thing, whatever. You say, oh, and it's similar you to... Lead
1: to but, uh. Right,
0: like, it, it's similar to that make, you know, and I say, you know, people contact me about, uh, you know, say I'm being uh, menacing on Twitter when I say this. I'm from the make, me, make him do it mm-hmm. um, generation. I say the same thing for Biden. It's just like, I can't, like, I, my political party is not who I am. No, question. It is the political tool that I use based in order to get the power. Because people can confuse you, that.
1: Can I ask you, why is that so hard for people, particularly our people, to understand? That you're not a shill for the Democratic Party. I mean, I, I, how why is that so hard to understand? Well, Do you, you
0: know, I think because... People tie, right? You know, just look at the arguments that happen, whether it's about the Democrats, the Republicans, Planned Parenthood, others, we got to get to the root and sort of what the original, even in AACP, right? Mm -hmm. There was white people in the midst, there was racist white people in the midst and (laughs) so all this other stuff, right? (laughs) And so, like, we can't trust it. And I was like, yep, cool. We can't. Like any any institution of governance or whatever, you can't. However... How, again, for civics to me is about wielding power, the power to protect, empower, and grow your community, right? So what tools, you know, do I have? I live in New York where there's eight to one Democrats to Republican, right? So the real election battle is not a general election. It's a primary. Mm -hmm. It serves me Mm -hmm. and my community. It doesn't serve us. To have the competition of the parties when we're just simply outnumbered. What is the best vehicle for Mm. me to wield power, Mm -hmm. right? Is in this particular place. I say all the time I have political values that lean more democratic, that lean more conservative, that Mm -hmm. lean more libertarian in some, you know, some issues, right? No one is an embodiment of a political party in this platform 100%. No that's one. That's true. Right? No, but it is true. a vehicle, it is a truck that you are using to drive down the road to, <laughs> to get you to where you're going. Yes. And I think what's difficult for people to grasp is those, um, are those kind of concepts. Right. But, in essence, as I, I try to tell people, I was like, you, you make it harder than it is. yeah, because you operate in that space daily, right? I work at this job that I don't like, <laughs> that I don't like that is not That's my right. dream. That's right. But I use it to finance my lifestyle and what I you know and what my family needs. I don't That's like right. working. At the same time, like, I don't like working here. I don't like, right. you know, being in the coal mine. I don't like, you know, right. like working nine to five. I don't like this, but I need to do this yes. in order to provide for my family and to maybe finance what I do want to do, whether that's in music, whether that's starting another business, whether that, you know, that's this. So right. you oper- you do that every day already. Absolutely. But what people have told you is that doing it with politics is harder. And it they've told you that because they don't want you in the room.
1: Exactly. Because the
0: less people in the room, the less people with power, the Mm. more power I can wield.
1: Mm. And there it is. There it is in a nutshell. I mean, yeah, the, the one thing we have is bodies. We have people. And that's enough if we get enough people. That's right. You want your life to be a little easier. I don't like this job, as you said, but you know, I want to start my own business. Okay, well then you, then it's harder to do without politics, like you said. You want somebody to make your life a little easier, not to give you everything, but to make it a little yeah. easier for you to be able to do what you need to do, or to or or to, or to break down a barrier that's stopping you. So the way you ex- when you explain it like that. It should be very plain and simple to folks, even listening to now. This is number 200 of your classes. And of course, it's going to be hundreds more after this, and all the ones that lead up to it. You know, how do we engage in the political process? Because I need, I want. And, you know, it's so funny. Ras Baraka, he, he was here over Congressional Black Caucus weekend, and we were looking at um, Why, is, Why Is We Americans, the documentary that they've done on the Baraka family endure. And he said, you know, sometimes it comes down to three simple questions. What do we need? What do we want? And how do we get it? I said, man, that's a beautiful, beautifully phrase. Now the week can get complicated in the process, but what do you want? <laughs> I said, what do you yeah. need? And how can we get it? And that's what you're walking us through Sunday after Sunday. What do we want? What do we need? And how do we get it?
0: Yeah. You know, I I use that frame there every the beginning of every legislative session, sort of after November, between November and January, I bring folks together. You know, in my conference room, because um, I write the legislative agenda for the state in ICP. And those three questions, it's not put exactly like that, but I'm basically asking the same thing. But it, instead of this is what do we, is like, what do our people need? Yes. You know, what are they asking for? Yes. Um, and who do we have? Like, what power mm. do we have to make it happen? Right. Wow. And I tell people, bring all your, bring all your stuff. Right. You got a report you read, you know, the joint center put out something. The thing like, like bring it all. Bring all the data, bring all the things. Let's look at the you know, I bring in Dr. Zalima Blair from Medgar who does all of like census stuff. Like, come on. Like yeah. let's all come in a room. Yes. What 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 is our what is our agenda? Right? And particularly where in New York we have the head of the Senate, black woman, mm-hmm. head of the assembly, black man. Mm. And we have Hochul um, in a position where she, we have relationships. I mean, even before in the the previous governor, he and I didn't get along, but he got along with, you know, Hazel Dukes. So How I was like, that? so Hazel Dukes was the one that this is my, you know, I would be the one at the press conference calling him all kinds of, you know, <laughs> thing, whatever. And then she would go in the room. And I'd be like, "This is what you need to ask for." <laughs> and so people would always be like, "How do you work?" I was like, "It's a beautiful partnership beautiful because partnership. both things can be true." He came up with knowing her and having reverence for her and thing whatever, and he can still be a son of a, son of a- mm. <laughs> so like, or I as my husband it. as my husband call him a Dick Tracy villain, right? I so like he can still be. <laughs> Both things can be true, but how do I use the relationship? How do I use the, the whatever in order to get what we need in order to move things yeah. forward? So, so now if we right. have a, a mayor that's you know supposedly from our community, a senate is from our community, a, whatever, okay, what, what, what do we need? What do we want? And then how do we make the uh, atmosphere? How do we make the landscape? Mm. How do we till the land mm-hmm. to make it to to make it so, mm, right? Mm. They tell me, "Oh, this is this voting rights bill is not our priority at the end of session." Okay, okay. <laughs> Let me go till the land.
1: No question, no question. It's it <laughs> gonna be, but I ain't gonna waste my breath with you no more. Let me go with these people. Let me of. go
0: till the land. Now, you when know? I come back, I'm like, you sitting there like,
1: uh
0: <laughs> we were near printing joy, and I'm like, sorry, not hey, sorry. It's
1: my money. <laughs> it's my money. Yeah, don't worry about that. You will be paid for. But you know, it's, it, you you also even even in how you just laid that out, the, the 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 many other lessons that you're teaching. One on how to maintain those intergenerational relationships. I know it breaks your heart the way it breaks mine to hear sometimes elders who have mm-hmm. fought be kind of dismissed. I know you know when I was very young, I remember working on the Jesse Jackson campaign in '84 and '88, just in Nashville, you know, where, and then in Ohio when I was in, in grad school, and you know what that meant to us was huge in terms of inspiration. And of course, you know, Donna Brazil and all them come out of that and Ron Brown. But to hear generally uh oh, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharp, slow down. Hazel Dukes is a legend. And and instead of you and her beefing, or you say, no, no, this is like my consigliere. Are you kidding right now? I mean, that's a lesson for young people. Don't throw your old folks away because those relationships can be golden. And rather than be have animosity, it's like, no, look. Can you? Oh, yeah, I got you. And those are the people who sometimes will fight hardest for you when yeah. that kind of, and that and that to me, that's a that's an example of governance. As you say, who are we to each other? We should never that intergenerational tie you're mentioning and, and really kind of illustrating. It isn't just, as you say, bringing young people in. It's also making sure our elders are maintained in a relationship that allows them to continue to wield whatever power that the community has granted to them over the years. Yeah. That's very powerful.
0: So I have this last thing, too. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Regent Lester Young here in New York. Um, So he is like, um, you know, you talk about an educator. Um, Lester Young, along with Adelaide, you know, comes from Adelaide. So he and his wife, uh, Doctors Young, because both he and his wife are um, a doctor in public in, in education. Um, run the Adelaide Sanford Institute. Mm. And so he has a saying even about education that can apply to policy overall. It's like, um, you know, everybody likes to address, you know, um, have race neutral policies to address race-based created discrimination. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And that's what I thought of. I immediately thought of him um, and, and, and called him, and he was in a region meeting. Um, when I heard Kata- uh, uh, Justice Kentaji Brown Jackson, you know, sort of gather, <laughs> you know, her Did... receipts together, Yes. and was just like, okay, so tell me how this is when they deliberately created this in response to the formerly, like the newly free people. Like, so how is that exactly racist? Because I just I went back to the minutes.
1: How about that? <laughs> And see, I know the important, the I,
0: important. Like, Ooh. listen, the important Ooh. minutes. I, I, I went back to the report.
1: <laughs> and they all joined. you, you been in those rooms. So when she said she went to the record, you knew exactly what she was talking about. I, this is listen. how the sausage is made. Y'all playing with the statute. I'm going back to the notes, <laughs> right? You, you know, you originalists. You, you, that. you, you right.
0: originalists That's who right. <laughs> like who want to go right. back. That's this right. is why, and this, you know, this is my tip again to Barack Obama, who I've been asking since the beginning of the show. I don't want him to talk about his presidency. I want to talk about the Constitution with Barack Obama. Like, <laughs> let, let's talk, let, let's let's have a conversation just about the con- like about the Constitution. Come that on. that's my, you know, continued um as as June continued. I think we I think June emails them like every every month. <laughs> um, <laughs> in order to make write that, that One happen. day don't but
1: like the,
0: that. Right, but the um but but to that point of like I will go back. I will I will use your method. When you say, well the framers, the original. Okay, let's go back to the frame let's go to the framers of the amendment then. No question. Since y'all want to do that. But like, you know, if that's what we playing now. If
1: that's what if that's what we playing, yeah, and it and it was beautiful, wasn't it? I mean, she went straight to the 14th. We had class uh Wednesday uh the Wednesday after she gave the, that that um after they had the orals, um I had class over at the law school and we were sitting there, those young people, they were laughing so hard because, of course, they're law students. They understood exactly. Mm-hmm. You you almost got to be a lawyer or a law professor, or a law student or, as you say, a policymaker or somebody to understand the exquisite nature of what she did. I mean, everybody understands on one level. But as you say, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, you just have to confess. Yeah, I'm a racist. Then, I yeah, I, I, like you got like I, yeah, okay. I got nothing. <laughs> you got me. You know, either there's some rules or it ain't no rules. But 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 you like
0: but, you know figure it out. <laughs> you
1: figure it out right and at that point ain't gonna wear the hat. And and and, and I mean, it's, it, I'm glad that you, you raised Dr. Young and the Adelaide Sanford Institute because of course Regent Sanford, who paid a heavy price. I mean, you know, who was a pioneer is a pioneer. I mean, she just released her her memoir. We were actually uh, together. She went to Kemet with us. She was in Egypt with us. This is maybe 2007. It was the same year. I think Ace Hill, you make transition. We were all there. And, you know, I mean, starting as a school teacher and to give me the worst kids and I'm going to make sure it's not a question of intelligence. I can, you know, we can work with them. You haven't broken their spirits. I mean. It really does start with education, again, bringing it right back to this platform, to this class, to this class that you kept going like a metronome, you and June and the whole family. I heard you and June, the re-talking episode in one class, y'all talking about how you started it just there on your couch and just kept going. I mean, but education becomes the process through which we all want to fight. So we see our people suffering and hurting, but once you get those rules, now I know how to fight. Now, I know who, how we need to be formed up. Now, I, need, I know how I need to knock on this door. Now, I know how to get community power and then wield my vote and use this civics toolbox. I mean, you know, that—that that is the value. That's the value of this space. And again, I can't thank you enough, And I'm so glad you invited me in to celebrate the 200th with you because it gave me a chance uh, to say it to your face, <laughs> you know, on behalf <laughs> of all of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: I mean, it definitely. Um... Is a, a labor of love that even, you know, um, my whole family. You know, the kids ask me what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, this week and, you know, and who am I talking to? And I, you know, talk to them about it. Mm. Um, and even now we have a 13 year old um, who's uh, just now permanently um, gonna live with, you know, gonna oh, live okay. with us. And um, so even, you know, hey, her hey. in that context. Yes, instant <laughs> teenage mom. Like, Hello, oh, Jesus. Mom. <laughs> Oh Lord, I oh, thought no, I was gonna do the good
1: thing. Just send it to us. You make five years, send it to us. We we, we, uh, yeah. we got... Ooh,
0: Lord. <laughs> you know, and then you know, uh, my friends teased me and they were like, and you still got your foster care license open. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, it's can't help yeah. You, That's the I
1: can't, it.
0: like, you, can't you know, and me. then you right, and you have a and then you know, and it's not, it's not like it's me alone, you right. know. You see my husband with them babies, like you would think, <laughs> you, you would know, think the
1: truth, that, right? Those are, kids. Those are right. no
0: kids, no question, no question, you know. So, you know, yeah, but um, uh, you know, I just uh to to wrap up here, you were uh using a phrase and you said they, there's this um piece for me that's coming out, um, talking about they, mm. um you know, what we ascribe today. So, you know, I believe in, in, in particularly in the political and policy space of naming who they is. Mm-hmm. Because particularly people hide behind they. There are some people in the Democratic Party who hide behind they. You know, they won't let me do yeah. so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are the people to say, you know, they don't let us vote. You know, they don't let it. you know, like all, pe- we hide behind they. Um, and even elected officials hide behind mm-hmm. that. Oh, you know, they, I'm like, who is they? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, and you'd be surprised that when you ask people that question, mm-hmm. some of the most powerful people, mm-hmm. and you ask them that question of who is they, they get, and, and pause. Who is mm-hmm. they? Mm-hmm. They're like, you, you know, no, I don't know. Who no. is, like, who is they stopping you? If you are in now this position of power, who is they that's stopping you? from doing what we elected you to do Mm -hmm. who is they that is standing you know standing in front of your house preventing you (laughs) from like like and so empowering people to name their devil
1: how about that
0: is a lesson in itself
1: Empowering people right? to name the devil. Mm-hmm.
0: Because from a political and um, even economic and civic space, because then um, and when I do that sort of policy breakdown it's like, OK, what is what is the law? What is the policy? Who is the agency? Like who is preventing this from happening? Right. Is it stuck in possibly or whatever? And then who is making the decision or who like getting people to get to the root of that? Yes is empowering because sometimes people find out well well, wait there isn't no day. it's mm. just what I believe
1: it's just what I believe right Right. That's and right. so
0: then it's your own block and even those who are in elected power that come from our community like you know they won't let us do that how is they and y'all could y'all there's more of y'all in the city council who is they
1: come on come on
0: who said or what? like I asked before who said you couldn't do it
1: who said you couldn't do it Mm.
0: And sometimes it's like, well, this random, you know, the, the bill writing office said we couldn't do. I'm like, OK, so write your own bill. Or mm-hmm. here's the text of it here.
1: Here you go. Exactly. Really? <laughs> like everybody, <laughs> like everybody the- else. Does. That's right.
0: Right. <laughs> pilot. Right? That's right. But even for us to be able to name the devil who is stopping. Right. And mm-hmm. we found when we were able to name some of that, how we were able to break those, those yokes, mm. who is they that is um, put lock and all that people? Oh, district attorneys and their wide discretion on how they can charge people or not charge people. And what have we seen in the past 10 years? Mm-hmm. DAs, because we were able to name who they were, now we can elect or we can change who they are and put people in there to make decisions that are in our best interest. That's what right. happens when you name the devil is that here come the light
1: here come the light <laughs> right? And it, sh-
0: and it shines on them and then you're like oh, oh. Are, are, are you going to respond to it or do we got to move you
1: right because the they is getting real smaller we, but we're beginning to get some names now and <laughs> we can see some relationship that's that's yeah that's right that's i mean that's so powerful by by naming it. I love what you said exposing people and exposing power to na- exposing people and empowering people to name their devil empowering people to name their devil and then you realize, okay, I thought it was like all these devils and it was really just like three and we can take them and, and we can them do that. <laughs> <laughs> right but the first thing was I didn't know that's amazing. I mean, I, I say amazing only in the sense of it really, it, it, uh, let me ask, it probably floors people to realize how much of that is in their head huh, and not outside.
0: It, yes.
1: I just. But it, then it
0: also embarrasses people. Oh, I'm sure. And what happens I'm sure. sometimes when people caught up in ego are embarrassed?
1: Oh, of course. Of course. And probably a little afraid too, because now you realize people realize that you didn't even, are you scared? Don't be scared.
0: <laughs> but then that goes back to us as in terms of using our tools of like being able to give people the backup. So that's, then once you yeah. expose people, yeah, that's right. And you name it and you want them to go fight, now you gotta give them you got to be behind them with 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 the gun though. You gotta be behind them with the spear though. You gotta right. show up. You gotta be on time.
1: That's right. That's because right. you
0: can't send somebody, you can't send somebody to fight the war on your behalf. You gotta be ready to suit up. <sighs>
1: That's another jewel. You brought it all the way back to where we started. That responsibility is on all of us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, well, you got me. Now what? Well, no, now you got to get there back. That's right. Or find somebody who, you know, if you got to move them, you got to put somebody in there. But you're right, it comes back to us. There's no place to hide for anybody. I love that. Responsibility, yes. We got to back them up. And so that's right.
0: where, and in, in, in starting from those... Beginnings. Notice how. And this is what I do. And this is what I, I I hope that people get out of Sunday civics overall. Is I don't start with. And I have a whole episode on the voter blame game. Right. You never start with you ain't voting. You ain't doing you ain't. You Come know, on whatever. now.
1: Come on now. Teach. You never yeah.
0: start there.
1: Yes. You mm.
0: start local you start with relationship you start with the issues that matter you start with you start there so by the time you've empowered people with the information then you help them to realize what tools and resources they have access to where they can go get how to use those tools yes right then you teach them how to hold others accountable how to you know how to name their devil how to do all of that Mm. by that time the ask then to be like, oh, and will you vote on it? Oh, no question. Like no question. we though like because if you start with the other, that's how you get apathy. That's how you get, yeah. I don't wanna know that voted stuff. Like I don't because it's not relevant to me. Mm. But you can't start there.
1: Yes. 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 No, that's it. The stage is right. At that point, you don't have to ask them to vote. They're going to witness the vote now, the election. I got this date right. Now, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> My registration is update, right? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, that is... Mm. See, that's the lesson, but see, that's the hard work. It's not sexy. It's not instant. You know what i It's not a tweet. You know what I'm saying? It's not a, not a, not a sound bite. That's that hard work. You got to love the people to do that kind of work.
0: Oh, you got to love Black people. It's
1: hard, <laughs> you know... No question. Hard-loving black people. Hard-loving. It It (laughs) breaks your heart. But only because we love them. I was like, ooh, I
0: like, my girlfriend, we call each other. And that's how we start the conversation when we about to tell the story of what black people done to you today. So we like, ooh, girl, I love black people. And she'd be like, ooh, Lord, what happened?
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Lord, yes. Ah, that's the truth just the truth. I am loving this. <laughs> well, I mean, in US, oh I, think people don't, I think people maybe wouldn't know that this type of work, while it can be taxing and certainly, you know, all love to you and your husband and the fam, the continually growing family, because they, there's a sacrifice families make as well. In the middle of all that, the replenishment comes in those moments when you realize that, you know, this work is not in vain. And the people will let you know that. Like you said, whether it be those brothers when you was younger, going out to do the thing in another state, and they're like, Oh, oh wait, wait, where are you going, sis? We're the coming. <laughs> or the, you know or, or, or you your daughter. Going coming to in, this early? <laughs> you know, or, or your daughter coming in and, and talking to Chuck Schumer in a way that models what's gonna happen when she becomes the senator from New York. I mean, all those moments is like, yeah, this is why, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> this
0: is why. Mm-mm. <sighs> well, Dr. Carr. Thank you, no. Thank you, thank, thank you. you, thank so you so much, thank you. Uh, for being. And yes, we, we we have to do the the, the book one. No question. Um, because oh, you know, <laughs> yes, we talk. You got to do it because you know I have my 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 younger cousins come up. I have some younger cousins, male cousins, and well, that's a whole nother show. We'll talk about oh, what's Lord.
1: happening. Yeah, with
0: the with with the the the, the twenty to 45 young black male situation, right. um, you know, but I have them that, you know, are on the conservative so sort cool. of economic, you know, sort of thing. And so they come to my house and, you know, and they say it's my fault, you know, and the reason they say it's my fault is because in my, you know, college black power awakening, I yeah. brought them to campus. I brought, you know, these are the same cousins I used to, you know, carry on my hip, you know, that the oh, no. they were they than me. So I brought them to campus. I exposed them, but then I then I went off and continued my education, but left them at Black Power without, you know. They will so they put like on
1: come,
0: you. Yeah, they put it on me. So they it's come to my you. house because they be like, you know, I, they do videos from my house now. They tell oh. my, you know, my cousin got the, you know, the first edition, you know, <laughs> whatever. I'm like, are you fronting at my are house? You <laughs> Are you, do, are you really doing YouTube videos with your like you know your people from
1: my house? Amen. You had know? to read these books now, though. Because remember, I was book. like,
0: it was like, you know, because the book, you know, my politics is Booker T. Washington, not the thing. And I'm like, oh, It's happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So these are like some of them are like your cousins, but they really kind of like auntie to them in terms of age So, so they that's all right. They at yeah. least in the library. And you know right. where they are. <laughs>
0: And they cut, you know, they came over my house to eat. And next thing I come up come from the kitchen and they in there doing TikTok videos with my I was like, but you don't even own this book. You didn't even read it. <laughs>
1: we said you didn't even read it tiktok tiktok can't tell the difference So, if somebody somewhere reading that book because they made that tiktok video in see, front of my library. In <laughs> it's out there that's a whole nother universe i can't i ain't got nothing on tiktok but if somebody somewhere in the world reading some of them books some of your books they held up because they made that tiktok so you doing good in the world and didn't even... <laughs>
0: They be fronting Doctor Car, and I'm just right. like, that's what right. is happening?
1: That's all. Right. It's, be- it's better than holding up something else. <laughs> that's <laughs> not <knocking> money or. <laughs> you never know. That's the ge- that's the genius of our people. Something like that could spark off. You'll never know. Just <laughs> know that it's happening. You teaching even in that moment.
0: Oh, boy. Well, Thank you so much. Right. Um, and, and I'll be back in class. I'll yes. be back in class
1: myself in well, Nubia. Me too. And I'm in class all over the world with you. And like I said, <laughs> I, I, the podcast is easier for me because I could just go boom, boom, boom. But, you know, serious. I mean, we are fortunate to have you and to do 200 like this. We both know how hard it is to maintain that type of schedule on top of everything else we're doing. So on behalf of everybody, I want to thank you and congratulate you and June, the whole crew, which I know it is like a nation of people, not <laughs> just that. And and, you know, hundreds and hundreds more, because this is the work that will help us get free. And there's no amount of value that we could place on that. This is the most valuable thing. So thank you, not just for this, but for your continuing work in life of modeling what it looks like to be a liberation warrior. So thank you.
0: Thank you. And thanks to all of you for making it to class this Sunday. We'll be back next Sunday with more of Sunday Civics, those civics lessons you need to take civic action.